segment of connectivity all about the nhl playoffs now the stanley cup final uh i'm once again with jp corbin hey everybody and donald terriel confucius say forgiveness divine but never forgive team who score less than you do <laughs> oh yeah you just make that up or what's that from? uh that just came to me after game four of the eastern final <laughs> that works um, and once again, we're going to break down, well, this time we'll be breaking down the conference finals that concluded over the weekend, this past weekend, and we're recording this on Thursday, so we've already seen game one of the Stanley Cup finals, so we'll talk a little bit about that game, uh, make our predictions, and also predict some, like, silly stuff that won't really matter in the end. Um, so let's start, as usual, with the Eastern Conference. Um, JP, you weren't here, but we assumed you were going to pick the Bruins just because you wouldn't pick the Penguins. Is that a, is yeah, that correct? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess if if I were to allow myself to pick with my head, I I still might have picked the Bruins, but I like I hate the Penguins, but I might have picked them. But clearly, you were right to pick for to for me to you had them sweeping me having them sweep right. So I was like extra right. Having you sweep, yeah, yeah, we yeah I think we did say that. I think we we said for you it was going to be Bruins and four. <laughs> hey, look at that. Um, and then Donald, you picked the Penguins, and I can't remember in the number of games that you might have predicted. I think I went bo- both series in six, so yeah. I was extra wrong on this one. Yeah. And then I picked the Bruins, but I, I probably, same as you, probably like thought it was going to be like a long, hard-fought series. Yeah, I, mean, um, I, was, I think everyone was surprised that it was that dominated, that it was that one-sided. Yeah, for sure. Um, and my prediction came true a little bit, although it didn't have sort of the, um, like rippling effects I thought it would. We had 
In game two, Vokun had his first bad game, as I thought would happen, and got pulled, and Fleury came in in the first period of that game and also gave up the same number of goals throughout the rest of the game. Um, and then, so I thought game three was going to be this big deal, and we were going to get Flurry starting, and it was just going to be a collapse from there. But they went back to uh, Vokun in game three, which was probably the right move. And um, see, the thing is with with the Penguins, they really need to realize <laughs> that two mediocre goaltenders is not the same as one good one. No, <laughs> not really. What were you going to say, Donald? I was going to say, well, Vokun only gave up three goals for the rest of the series, so I'm frankly surprised that Pittsburgh's sticking with Flurry going forward. Well, that's true. Yeah, like they had the um, the press conferences. Uh, I guess it was yesterday now, or maybe even the day before. And um, so they signed uh, Dan Bilesma to a contract extension Which for I another don't two understand years. That. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. And then yeah, and then they give like this big vote of confidence to Flurry. I mean, a guy you can't even play in the playoffs. I don't. I don't. Seems weird to me. Unless they're trying just to talk him up for like maybe a trade, or they have other stuff planned, but. That, that, I don't think that can legitimately be their plan. I think they're just trying to keep his spirits up till they find a, a different solution. I mean, you don't, you don't want to like start the season with the guy knowing he's he doesn't have the job or you know it, that it that they don't have confidence in him. So. Kind of like the Flyers with Brzezgalov, or the Canucks with Luanga. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting situation there. Um, but yeah, so Penguins, for all that offense, they were boasted to uh, to have, and, and did have, really. I mean, you can't deny they've got some of the best players in, in the world on that team. Um, scored two goals throughout the entire series. Um, and th- those last two games were hard fought. I mean, it's like they were blowouts. I mean, like you said, Donald, he, he gave up three goals the rest of the way. One in game four, at, like midway through the third period. I mean, he, Fokun did everything he could, but the offense just wasn't doing anything. That's the I think that's the worst goal scoring performance in a conference final since the time Jaguar allowed one goal in a in the in a four game sweep I think in 03. And and didn't Pittsburgh had the most goals in the regular season, right, of any team? So I believe, yeah, I believe I mean, that's correct, yeah. Rask is 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 having a pretty great playoffs. <laughs> I I just didn't realize that Boston had a switch that they could flip because it seems like they've permanently kept it to on ever since about uh, the 10-minute mark of Game 7 of the first round. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, know, no offense, but they let the the Maple Leafs take them to seven games and almost beat them, and they should have beat them. And then they just just beat the crap out of Pittsburgh. I mean, you don't don't know what's going on there. Right. Yeah. Maybe that happened. You know, maybe those... those Game seven wake up calls happen. I mean, even the Blackhawks against the Red Wings. I mean, they went seven games, uh, down three one in the series. Had to, had to come back, and since then they've lost one game against LA. Um, you know, and maybe that I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's like a wake up call. I, I don't know. I guess you want to get it out of the way early in the playoffs rather than <laughs> try to get that wake up call like in the uh, the final series or something. But it's it's kind of interesting. There's there's parallels on the both sides there. So yeah, the uh, the Bruins move on. Um, rather easily. And I thought the Penguins are going to be in shambles this offseason, but it's interesting seeing, yeah, like we said, that they're they're kind of keeping the, the team together. Malkin, ob- obviously, I mean, Malkin wasn't the problem, but signed him to a big eight-year contract now. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. He was, Yeah, you're, he was not at all the problem. The problem for them is the goaltending. If they, I mean, 
I think, I mean, you know, yeah, they didn't score in the Bruin series, but they scored a whole ton of them up until that point. So I don't know if you right. can let one series just totally change your mind on the makeup of your team. No, especially with the stars like that, like him and Crosby. I mean, th- those aren't guys you were just giving up for, you know, because of one bad series. Um, and even goaltending really wasn't an issue in that final series. It, uh, to me, it was defense. And then it just, just that, that's why I think it comes back to coaching. I mean, there had to have been a way to, to get some scoring. I mean, I don't know if you, you break up your lines or, or shake things up, but with all that talent, there's no reason they're not putting something on the board. But Yeah, but I mean, like, they like you know, they signed him to an extension, which I don't get. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, I guess you got to give credit to the Bruins, too. I mean, as much as the Penguins weren't clicking, I mean, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the, the you know, defense of the Bruins. The I mean, Bruins' whole... defense has been amazing, both in that series and, and last night. I mean... They were, they were just, they were just dominant. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's move on to the Western Conference then, where we had a five-game series, one extra game versus the East, uh, with the Kings and the Blackhawks. Um, Donald, I know both you and I picked the Blackhawks. Um, JP, would you have gone with the Blackhawks? I imagine probably. I probably would have, yes. And I think we, Donald, I think both you, I, you and I predicted like a long, long kind of drawn out series, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was six or seven, but either way I was wrong. I might have, I might have picked seven for this one. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more, uh, difficult than it, than it ended up being. Um, and yeah, so it, they kind of, to me, it sort of mirrored the, uh, the Penguins and Bruins series minus, you know, the Blackhawks lost once in LA. Um, but it just seemed like the Kings never got up and running for as much as like they play a defensive style and quick is, is amazing, which he is, uh, their offense just never came through like in most of the other series. And then their, their cup run last year, it was like, they would play this, this tight checking defensive game. And then they would get these, these breaks where that's where they would score their offense. And they just never, never really got those in this series. You, you need hot goaltending to succeed in the playoffs, but you need more than that. Right, the goalie's not going to score goals. Yeah, so. eventually you're going to have to have you're going to have to you got to at least get past a two-one game. But I guess I think of with LA, it's just a case of they've played so many games during you know during the run last year, and even with the lockout, that they had a really hard six-game series against St. Louis, and then they went seven against San Jose, and which was a really tight series. So I think I think Chicago caught a break just getting that team at probably their weakest well that's true and then if you look at the path even though chicago only played one less game but a lot less physical series um for sure i mean the wild really wasn't it wasn't anything i mean it's like i don't know it's like they were just playing practice games there really wasn't any bad blood no like big hitting or anything um the red wing series a little bit but but nothing compared to going from the blues to the sharks uh in six and seven games and uh, guys were obviously hurt i mean Kopitar didn't look like himself. didn't re- didn't have any points until the the last game. He had a, a good game and scored a goal and had a big a big assist on the late uh, tying goal. With like what like nine seconds left in that uh, that elimination game, which was pretty amazing. But that was it. And then uh, Brown never had a single point. I don't believe. And I th- and I believe was it Richards or Carter who ended up missing at least one game. Well, Richards was out from game. He was out games two, three, and four. He came back for five. And scored that scored that tying goal. Well, he scored it, quote unquote. But I mean, it just bounced off his pants. But still, you know, it counts. Um, As we saw last night, that counts. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, so he was out. Uh, kind of a controversial hit by Dave Boland. Um, sort of like kind of 
hit him up high, seemed to kind of leave his feet, but it's just an awkward hit. He, he hit him with his back. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the hit. He didn't hit him with his shoulder. He didn't elbow him. It was like he kind of jumped into him back first <laughs> and hit him in the face and knocked him out for a few games. And then uh, Keith with his high stick on Carter, knocking out some teeth and getting suspended for a game. That was kind of surprising. But, um, yeah, I don't know. All in all, I mean, it, it, things moved along smoothly and got a good final game, you know, going double overtime and, and winning on a 2-1 a and one and a, a hat trick, nonetheless, from Patrick Kane. So that was exciting. But it, it looked very similar to the Cup winning goal from 2010, except this time everybody knew it went in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There was no uh, no debate. <laughs> that was that was great. That 2010. I mean, JP, how was, long it did it take you to? It was less for me, in my opinion. Um, JP, how long did it take you to like finally accept that the the puck went in the net? The thing is, no one really knew. I mean, I don't know. I I considered myself lucky that they were. I mean, that was the year the Flyers came back from down three nothing against the Bruins. So I figured anything after that was, you know. You were playing with house money at that point. I, yeah, you know, just some I- so icing I just, on the cake, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that was kind of bizarre. But, um, yeah, and then so the, the Hawks move on there and face the Bruins. Now, game one was just last night, so let's not pretend like we didn't see it. I mean, we were all watching it based on our uh, Twitter conversations. It's one heck of a game. Yeah, so we might as well talk about it. Um, Yeah, triple overtime, which is pretty amazing. The fifth longest game in Stanley Cup final history. Yeah, and three more minutes, and it would have been number one. <laughs> yeah, the every every time a Stanley Cup final game goes that long, it's just you know something really weird's going to happen. Whether it's you know Larry Onoff scoring or who the heck is Peter Klima, who had the, <laughs> game, the I think scored in the longest game, and then last night, you know getting into 12 minutes of the third overtime and then you take a you throw the puck at the net it goes off two guys and goes in yeah and you could tell yeah like you said you could tell that's what it was going to be i mean guys were just exhausted i mean there weren't going to be any like breakaways there weren't going to be any two-on-ones once it got to that third overtime i mean everyone was just sort of doing as much as they could with what limited energy they had they're dead on their feet at that point i mean they're they're I mean, that's just not a, that's not good. These guys have played, you know, basically two games. Right. It's amazing when you think about it. I mean, yeah, there were eight minutes from playing two games, like literally two games. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and you really started to see, I thought the, um, like the difference in age and how people, like how the players were able to adapt to it. Like you had young guys like Sagan and then, um, guys like Shaw and Saad on the, on the Blackhawks who, Seemed okay, like we're we're still moving pretty well and seemed to have energy. But then you had some of the older guys like Yager and Marion Hosa who just looked, I mean, completely spent. Like they just wanted to go sleep for the next. Well, I don't know about Yager. Yager seemed to like have a second wind in the overtime at times. I mean, he seemed to be doing better than a lot of the other guys on his team. That's true. He'd, he'd give he'd give you like the one push, but then I feel like it was you know ten seconds, fifteen seconds into a shift after like you know pushing down to the offensive zone, he was kind of like, okay, I'm ready to get back on the bench. But so was everyone. I think that, yeah, part. that's everybody. But I mean, yeah. like he was—I mean, he was exhausted at the end of those shifts, but he was playing harder than I think a lot of people were. Than a lot of people could. Yeah, I think the people to really watch out for next game are Char and Seidenberg for Boston, just because I'm pretty sure they were over 45 minutes at that point at the time the yeah. goal was scored. So they're. It seemed like Chara was always on the ice. I mean, he was out there like every every play, everything. Yeah. Well, that's because because he's going out there every time Tay shows up. And then uh, I don't know who else logged over forty minutes, but I know I know Keith for the Blackhawks uh, reached the forty minute mark, 
I'm not sure uh, who else. I'm I'm sure someone else must have because I think that was reported like in the uh, second overtime. So I'm sure some more of the the defensemen also broke over that 40 minute mark. But yeah, pretty uh, pretty amazing stuff there. And just amazing, amazing that it got to that point. I mean, when it went up 3-1 uh, with that power play goal in the third, I thought that was it for sure. I mean, I was kind of just like, okay, well, we'll just see what happens in game two. And then uh, two quick goals, and there you go. You have your tie game. It was a little bit of uh, Boston's own medicine after that Toronto comeback. Yeah, I was, I was, I was on my feet after the third one. Just <laughs> yes, revenge finally. I, I thought, I thought you might have uh, liked that one. <laughs> But um, yeah, so very good game. Let's go ahead then and make our predictions for the series. Um, I'll go first because mine's pretty obvious. Although I guess Donald yours is obvious too, uh, for just rooting interest. But um, I'm gonna go Blackhawks. Everyone seems to say this is gonna go seven. I think it would be fun if it went seven, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get say six. I, I think I think we're looking at a six game series here. I was also gonna say Blackhawks and six. I think it has that kind of a feel to it. I, well, I know the definition of insanity is to do the same thing and expect a different result. Well, call me crazy, but yeah, I think Chicago will win it, and I think it will go seven. Oh, okay. I think la- last night proved that these are two extremely evenly matched teams. I think the f- I think it's just going to come down to Chicago probably being having the fresher legs and the fact that, you know, it's game seven at home. Yeah, that makes a difference. Yeah, let me uh, share my story for watching uh, the game last night, too. So we had a big storm ro- roll through the uh, Chicagoland area last night, and I was at, at a class for school, so I was already, like, I didn't get out of the class till about 7.30, 7.40 my time, so I already missed, like, the first 10 minutes of the, the first period. Um, <clears throat> and my uh, my wife texts me, and she says, well, the power just went out. I'm like, crap. So I'm already, like, missing the start of the game. I'll hear it on the radio as I'm driving home, and that's cool. But then, like, well, there's no reason to rush home. I might as well take the long way because like, I'm not going to be able to even watch the game. So kind of settling in with the idea of not getting to watch the game or trying to, like, maybe sit in my car the whole time and just listen to the radio in my car because I don't have a radio anywhere at home or anything. Um, so I get home, and I realize, I, I check my phone, and I realize I'm connected to the Wi-Fi. That's because I have um, UVerse, which... Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's sort of this like all-in-one package where your cable, your internet, and your um, phone is all digital and runs through this like one singular box in your house. And because your phone runs through it, they give you actually like a backup, a huge backup battery in case your power goes out. So that way you can like still make phone calls in case of like just emergencies and stuff. So you're not just completely boned. I didn't know how long this thing would last, but I, I grabbed my laptop and sat there on the couch by candlelight and watched stream the game on my laptop just praying that the battery on my laptop and the little backup battery pack here from my uh, like my router would hold out and by the end of the the game my laptop had 13% battery left wow um so i'm lucky i charged it that day i was already like thinking like if this goes to a fourth overtime i really will just have to sit in my car and listen to the radio because it's not going to last another uh, another intermission and another period but it just it lasted long enough to let me uh to let me watch the whole game so pretty amazing and I pretty and I'm pretty sure because I know I follow some media people on Twitter and they were saying that the tornadoes were coming real close to the United Center last night so much so that they might have had to punt that game and make it reschedule for the end of the series possibly make this a game seven. 
Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, there was some talk of that. Um, tornadoes like get touched down like 30 miles away from uh, from the United Center. Yeah, I remember um, they um, during the game they were cutting away to like outside shots of like lightning right around yeah. there. Yeah, it was it was a really bizarre storm. It just came out of nowhere. It was sunny, beautiful all day, and then around six o'clock it just turned like on a dime. And I guess that's how it goes. So, um, pretty interesting way to watch the game. Never watched the game by candlelight on my computer, but it all worked out okay. Um, so let's go ahead and maybe make some some silly uh, predictions or predict things that don't really matter, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Um, start with the the most obvious, which is the consmite. Um. Who you guys have uh, for the consmite? I guess pick one for each team, depending on on who wins. Because usually, ninety nine percent of the time, it's to who, whichever team wins, except for those rare exceptions. But I imagine that's what it'll be. Yeah. I, although I could see Rask winning the consmite. That's even. what I would have said. I would have gone. I would have said if it's Boston, it's Rask. Yeah. If it's Boston, it's Rask. I could see because usually it's a goaltender who who would win the consmite on the losing team. Because I think that yeah. happened with Shigeru in that one year. He did, yeah. And I, you could probably make an argument that Rask would be the man even if Chicago wins, but I'm probably going to go with Brian Bickle for really? Chicago. Okay. So, Good choice. Yeah, he's he's been their he's been probably their hottest scorer, and I I also made a prediction elsewhere that Bickle would score the Stanley Cup winner. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> um, and then so okay, so Rask for Boston and Bickle for Chicago. Um, JP, what do you have? Well, I was harassed for Boston. Um, for Chicago, I'm not sure. I haven't watched as many of the Chicago games, so I don't know sure. who's contributed as much um, recently. Or, I mean, only in the earlier series. Right. You know, as as much as I would say harassed for Boston, I, I can't, even with the magnificent performance he gets last night, it wouldn't be Crawford for, for Chicago. You don't think it would I be? I don't think it would be Crawford. I think it would be somebody else. I don't know who it would be, but I don't think it would be Crawford. Um, see, the, the thing is, Chicago, like, apart from Bickle, who kind of came out of nowhere and has had some big goals, um, there hasn't really been, like, a dominant skater for Chicago. Like, it's all been kind of, like, winning by committee. You know, every night, I mean, you've got Shaw scoring the, the big goal last night, and then you've got Kane with a hat trick the game before, um... It's been kind of spread out. There's no one who's like running away with the the points totals. So if you're going to give it to someone from I mean, Chicago, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that argument. You know, that makes sense. It's almost like there's no one it could go to. Especially, I mean, and we got to see how this series plays out. Because right. if Crawford can play the way he did in overtime last night consistently the rest of the way, well, the the, the Blackhawks will win in four, and he will definitely get the con Smythe. Right. I mean, he was he was lights out at, at toward the end of that game. I mean, he let in. Th- three earlier on but he was he was magnificent in that overtime and the overtime and yeah he had some and he had some big saves in regulation as well to keep it to keep it close so that chicago could take it to overtime right absolutely and see i agree with you like at the start of a series i would have said for sure if chicago won there was still a chance rask could get the uh the consummate but i think if, if crawford continues to play as well as him or even just a little bit better even if crawford doesn't win it i think his just sort of being on par with Rask will take away from like what Rask has done, and um, you know, we'll we'll have it fall with someone in Chicago if Chicago wins. I mean, yeah, I think the the, the argument for Crawford hinges on the way the rest of the series plays out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, it kind of seems that usually with the consmite, as much as it's supposed to be playoffs overall, usually a lot of the the kind of is decided in that final series. Um, so like while while Bickle has been great 
the first three series, unless he has a, a, another good series now. I, I don't see it going to him. Um, and like I said, there hasn't really been a breakout star apart from Bickle, really. Um, so I'm going to go Crawford for the Hawks. And if it's Boston, I think it'll probably be Rask, unless he, he does, like I said, kind of get outplayed or, or, or matched by Crawford. Then I could see it going to someone on that uh, that top line. I mean, just pick. I mean, it doesn't even really matter who you pick. Like, that top line for Boston's been amazing. I think they're all, like, plus, what, like, plus 18, plus 19 or something like, through the playoffs. It's crazy. Yeah, you could probably see, like, Krejci, who I think is still leading the, the playoffs in scoring, or Bergeron, because he's had at least three overtime winners in, the, in these playoffs. Right. I mean, Lucic almost had a hat-trick last night. Um, he's been good, too. So, yeah, I, I think but you the, go to any the, of those guys. The problem there is those guys could, like, split the votes. Which is why I think Rask would, would win in that scenario, because I think you would get a certain portion and the rest of it, the, the people who would want more of a skater to win would kind of be split between those guys. That's true. Boston That's has point. too many, like, un, you know, Chicago doesn't have a standout so far, but Boston has a bunch of standouts, which, yeah. I mean, well, they could cancel each other out and give it to Rask. Yeah, That's a good point. And can I say that if either Rask or Tyler Sagan wins the Smythe, I'm probably going to punch something since <laughs> one was a Toronto draft pick originally and the other, of course, was in the Kessel trade. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Well, we've got it on. We've got a verbal contract now. If either of them wins it, we get a video of you punching something. It'll be on fine. It. It'll be very quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like three seconds of you doing the punching, like two seconds of you just like screaming in pain, and then hopefully like a good three seconds of like an hour later with your hand just like swollen like crazy. Yeah, I got I got That's a pillow awesome. here. I can use that, although it it won't be complete unless somebody dubs in a falcon punch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, we'll get that done for you. Um, and then yeah, other predictions. I don't know what what kind of silly stuff is there. You want to guess like. Who scores the the final goal? Yeah, or? I, I, uh, Donald already said that, didn't he? Okay, yeah. so you had Bickle. What, what do you think, JP? I don't even know. Um, I mean, I guess you picked the Hawks to win. Like you said, you haven't watched the Hawks. I haven't watched a ton them as necessarily. Much. I'm, I'm like I'm, I haven't watched them mostly all season because this season I really didn't pay much attention to the Western Conference because I'm a fan of an Eastern Conference team, so I don't even know a lot of the makeup of Chicago's team. But. Yeah, I really don't even know who to pick. You're not gonna go with Kane just for that uh, remembering yeah, I, I in 2010. Yeah, you could, you could do Kane. I mean, like you could, be, but I mean, like the the stars of Chicago's team really haven't been there. At least, right? Weren't there last night, especially. And so I, I think, I mean, you could make an argument that you know one of those guys is just too good and will break through and will you know come up with it at the end. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, like, everyone's been making that argument throughout the whole playoffs, and that hasn't happened yet. I mean, except for Kane's hat trick uh, to eliminate the Kings, there hasn't really been that breakout game yet for any of the, okay, the stars no, for the Hawks. I get an so. idea. I'm going to, you, you said crazy prediction. Here's a crazy prediction. Okay. The winning goal is going to be scored by Corey Crawford. He's going to pull a Ron Hextall, and he's going <laughs> to score the goal himself. The I think the only way that really works is either he's the last one to touch the puck which would just be insane, or he scores into an empty net and then Boston gets a really late goal but so that Crawford's goal ends up being the winner. So there's your scenarios. It's possible. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, because that's a good point because even if he scored with an empty net to put him up two, his wouldn't be the game-winning goal. Yeah, because you would figure they would have yeah. an empty net. Crawford could score on the empty net. Well, then they would be back too, so they would they would have to come back and probably still empty net again, and maybe they score. Oh, okay, I like it. Crawford, I like it. six games. Crawford scores the winner. 
<laughs> I like it. Or in the very least, if he gets an assist on the winner, we'll, we'll give that one to you too. We'll, we'll take that. <laughs> um, for me, the winner, uh, Bickle's a good choice. Um, I think it will be sort of one of the role players just based on how the playoffs have gone so far for the Blackhawks. So I'm going to say Andrew Shaw just because I like him. Energetic kid. He's trying to fight Chara, who's like eight feet taller than him. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Shaw getting the, the game winner. Why not? Anyone crazy enough to try and fight Chara has got a fighting chance to do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, and actually, that was my other crazy prediction that somebody would be stupid enough to fight Chara. Then I forgot, I totally forgot that Shaw tried that last night. <laughs> so, hey, Shaw's, Shaw's dumb enough to try to do it. Um, I'll never forget his, his very first game ever was against, well, with the Hawks, I should say, was against your Flyers, JP, um, last year. It was his very first game in the league. They called him up because someone was hurt. And uh, he scored a goal on like a very early on, and then um, fought when one of the I can't remember who he fought, but he fought someone on the Flyers too in the same game. And I was just like, who the hell is this guy? Like this kid's crazy. Like the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, like the, this kid's just crazy. It was that that wild game where the Hawks like I think the Hawks tied it up like with under two minutes left, and then the Flyers scored in the last like thirty seconds to get the win. I don't know if that rings a bell. I don't know. This was a while ago. Yeah, but. Yeah, like the guy ever since. I have a Shaw jersey, actually, because I like him so much. So I'll wear it uh, during game six and watch him score the winner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Anything else? That's I don't know. I don't really have anything. You know, this is, I mean, I, I just hope the rest of the series can uh, be as entertaining as last night, although hopefully not quite as long. Yeah, I'll take as entertaining in three periods, or maybe four at the most. Yeah. Yes, one overtime is fine. I would actually yeah. prefer one overtime. I think that's good, but multiple overtimes is, you know, yeah, it's, once was enough for that. The, yeah. These games are starting later than normal for me anyway, so I would definitely definitely like to see it not make me stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I've, I've been up till 5 o'clock in the morning before watching playoff overtime. It's not an experience I prefer to repeat. <laughs> Well, will the enough. Boston games be earlier? The ones in Boston? No, the, all the games are eighty are eight Eastern starts. Okay. For, for right, the, once the final well, yeah, once the final starts, they lock it in at uh, at eight Eastern throughout. So, oh, I remember that. That remind yeah, because I was I don't know, short story here. I was at E. Man, it's it's E three time or during E three. I was at E three last year in Los Angeles when the Stanley Cup Finals were going on and the Kings were playing. And I remember we had a bunch of us going to the Zelda concert, and we were like afraid the Kings were because the Kings had, the Kings had a chance to win that night at home, so we figured like there was a good chance we would be driving back, we'd be taking a cab back to to the city, and there would be riots and it would be crazy and all that. But they fortunately did not win that night. They won later when we weren't there anymore. Right, they won in L.A. like two games later. Yeah. Yeah, I think my other wacky prediction is that based on last night on Twitter, there's going to be at least one more game where someone's going to complain that they're missing Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty amazing. You shouldn't complain that you're missing Jay Leno. You should be happy that you're missing Jay Leno. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just pointing out that it happened. <laughs> yeah, it'll be pretty good Like just to do a Twitter like search for the, the phrase Jay Leno as the yeah, if another game goes late. Get some uh, some good results. Well, that's a question. I, like you know, not to get too far off track, but you know, the NHL really counts on the playoffs and especially the finals to expose new people to hockey. 
How do you think a casual fan reacted to the triple overtime last night? Someone who really hadn't followed the sport before but tuned in because it was on NBC, so why not? Yeah. Well, the ratings were apparently like the, some of the best ever nationally for uh for a playoff game. Might have been might have been the best in like the past like over like 12 or 13 years. I mean, it's going to um, help that you've got two pretty big media markets right, going at got, it. Right. You got yeah, two of the like three three or four biggest in uh in the US. You just don't have what New York and LA, I guess would be the other two. Um so yeah, probably. I mean, unfortunately it went so late that you probably lost people by the end of it, especially on the East Coast. You know, like I could see people on the East Coast like saying, "Well, you know, just flipping it on around like the first overtime and maybe sticking through, but out there once it's after midnight, like I don't I don't see the casual viewer sticking around." But I mean, I can kind of see it like turning people off. Oh, you think so? I could see it happening. I mean, like, you know, we hockey fans, we know the sport, we really get into it, and, you know, every once in a while, a good triple overtime game is really fun, you know? But mm-hmm. to be an early experience, I mean, it might... If you just if you just flipped it on during the overtime and missed, like, all the kind of build-up to the overtime, I could see that just because the play started to get sloppier and not, like, as precise and action-packed as hockey... you used to, like... Hockey has kind of a negative reputation as being low scoring, and that's a right. lot less true than it used to be post the first lockout. They made a lot of changes to fix that. Well, fix if you, that's a whole different argument, but I mean, you know, this kind of, you know, triple overtime, nobody scoring may have reinforced that for some people. Right. I mean, when you've got three extra periods of no scoring. And this yeah. is, and then the argument will inevitably start about bringing in the shootout into the playoffs. God no. I will no. fight you. I will physically fight anyone who argues that they should put shootouts in the playoffs. <laughs> Those people are the same people who hate Mario 3D World. Those people monsters. are terrible. Just monsters all throughout. Um so yeah, that'll do it. I don't know, maybe we'll do another one of these to to wrap things up and, and look forward to next season, who knows. Yes, we can um, talk about the draft. My very exciting draft. Yeah, there that's you go. what I have looked to, to look forward to. We can talk about the Brisgala buyout that might have happened that is by then. Apparently happening maybe. I don't know. I'm hearing Well, yeah, cuz the Flyers conflicting just... things. The Flyers themselves said that he's going to be there next season. And then they just traded for um for what straight from uh straight. From... Yeah, yeah, they get a defenseman which they needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as old a defenseman, but um, I mean, supposedly like he's going to be... That's a, that, that's a stopgap. You know, he's there sure. to fill in the gap until the guys that are in the minor leagues, the guys we're going to... Like, like, they're almost certainly going to draft a defenseman this year. I, I would hope so. He's probably not necessarily going to be ready for the big time quite a, right away, so this guy's a fill-in until that happens. Yeah. But to get him under the cap, they have to buy out two big contracts, and it's probably going to be Brisgalov and Briere. Briere yeah. is definitely getting bought out. I don't think there's any debate on that one. Um, yeah. But Brisgalov, well, there's that, they're trying to get, what's his name, the backup from the Kings. Bernier? Oh, Bernier, yeah. There's there's a lot of talk that the Flyers are going to try and get him, and if they get him, then I think, well, they're going to go with him and, and what's his name, the guy they got from Columbus. And, I mean, those will be oh, yeah, the two Mason. guys, and then they'll buy out Brisgalov. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Mason. Like Mason had a good end of the year. He he did pretty well for himself. He's, he's honestly he's probably not worse than Brzgalov, and not that Brzgalov's necessarily all that bad. Brzgalov is not. Just... I wouldn't call Brzgalov bad. Brzgalov is inconsistent, is what he is. 
And when you look at like saves per dollar spent, <laughs> well, yeah, he's inefficient in that way, certainly. But Brzgalov can be lights out. He can be amazing. He just isn't all the time. Yeah, and just just giving way too much money. I don't think you're going to see many more of those those goalie contracts. Well, unless I don't think it's you're going to see anybody quick, making but... that money with the with the lockout terms. You can't do that right. anymore. Right. And can't afford it. There's always a cautionary tale of Rick DiPietro. That's right. The Flyers were desperate. They needed a goaltender, <laughs> and they got one. So we'll That's see. I, I look forward to the draft just to see where my boys from the Halifax Mooseheads end up. Since yeah. They're the national since they won the national junior title this year. <laughs> uh, I think I think we'll see one in Florida and one in Tampa. And you yeah. And go after each other in the Northeast <laughs> Division. So that means I get to see I get to see them six times a year. That's true. They're in there. You're they're in your division now. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for today then. So, uh, Donald, JP, thank you for being here. No problem. I had fun. And then, uh, yeah, maybe we'll be back then in like two weeks uh, talking about the draft and the conclusion of the finals. So we'll uh, talk to you guys later. Starbucks drifting on a pool